Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Justin Robert Young Program. You know, I, I know this is not, I don't do a politics show on Thursdays. So, this is going to be the place where I talk about it. I've been obsessed with this news story. The Katie Hill news story. She is a representative from Southern California. And boy, you know, it it is one of those, the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the Nazis open the Ark of the Covenant and all these ghosts fly out and everybody's skull starts melting. That's what like opening Katie Hill's uh, box of secrets is like, because boy, howdy, is that mofo cracked wide open. And initially, on the way in, you're like, oh, there's some racy stuff here. Apparently, she was in a three-way relationship with her husband, now soon-to-be ex-husband, and a 22-year-old staffer. Oh, and that apparently, she then left both of them for somebody else on her campaign. And according to a conservative site, Red State, she's got a bit of a drinking problem, and those around her have been talking about it for a while. And now the Daily Mail has a picture of her smoking weed out of a bong with an iron cross tattoo right above her cha-cha. Now, whether or not, you know, here's how you know that you are in a damaging political situation. If you find yourself defending the fact that the iron cross isn't always a Nazi symbol. Anyway. Here's the news. You know, this one kind of feels a little weird to me. It it, kind of feels like the end. The end of an era. When I was but a lonely boy in Florida, working in a sweaty warehouse with Andrew Maine, one of our obsessions was tech. This is in the lead up to the iPhone, so we're talking about iPods and uh, pre, I mean, mobile internet exists. I had a sidekick. We're talking some real mid-aughts nonsense. And we followed tech and Silicon Valley and all the companies and names that are now, you know, embedded into our culture through sites like TechCrunch and writers like Sarah Lacey. Sarah Lacey eventually wound up starting a site called Pando, 
which was unique in that it was venture capital driven. So she raised money for it like you would a startup. Uh, and so it wasn't totally advertiser driven. She wound up writing a lot about the the Web 2.0 boom. She was a, you know, a very influential writer throughout all that. And now comes the news that she is selling Pando. The company that's buying it is doing some restoration project with a lot of distressed web properties that have nostalgia value, probably to saps like me. But it is odd. I mean, it, it's, it's one of the things that I haven't thought about Pando in a long time. And that speaks a lot to how much social media kind of cannibalized the blog. I don't know if there is a blog that I go to every day. There's one. There's one website that I go to every day. And it's one that I've gone to every day since I was a teenager. And it's Drudge Report. Pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I frequent a bunch of other stuff, but there's no other website I wind up going to. There's a lot of Twitter accounts I follow, and I wind up getting those stories. I guess now I follow all the political blogs or all the political websites all the time. But gone are the days that even, you know, some of the enduring blogs from the blog revolution, you know, the, the Gawker properties are all gone. This is really, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if this meant, I meant this to be very melancholy, but it is... A part of my life, my 20s are dead, he said the 36-year-old man. <laughs> News! What is power? What is influence? And can power and influence truly be erased? This to me, is the fundamental question as we enter into the maturity of the Me Too movement. I've long kind of wondered when we would get to this point. At a certain, you know, as, as we advance farther along into this, you have to think, well, we can shun people with a lot of money. We can blacklist them. We can cancel anybody who deals with them on Twitter. But is that sustainable and does it last forever? And how far does it go? Take, for example, this case. BuzzFeed reporting that Harvey Weinstein turned up at an event for young actors. This is a showcase for actors and comedians. And uh, one comedian went up there and uh, razzed him said, hey, it's uh, the comedian's job to talk about the elephant in the room. I didn't know we had to bring our mace and rape whistles on stage. This was met with various different uh, uh, responses, some booing and others uh, cheering her on. Seemed like a very small gathering, but lo and behold, there he was, Harvey Weinstein in the Lower East Side being given a private table and surrounded by an entourage. I mean, cynically, when the first Ronan Farrow article hit, I, I kind of assumed that the trajectory would be, all right, he goes to movie jail for two years, and then we get the Hollywood Reporter cover uh, where, you know, he's 
in, in some kind of sad setting, maybe in front of a fireplace, but he's frowning and it's like his long road back is the headline because he's produced some movie that has shocker Oscar potential. That's kind of all he did prior. Well, I mean, obviously he did other stuff, which is why he's in trouble. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, like our, and I, I asked this honestly, you know, is it just banned from society? Should we just say, no, you have to leave America? Should we say you can never be in the public eye again? And how do we even control that now that the public eye is largely dictated by social media and Twitter and Instagram? I don't have any strong answers here. So I'm just going to go on to the next story. Cardi B is joining the Fast and the Furious 9. Man, what a ascendancy for Cardi B. I kind of feel like she, like, I mean, geez, Bodak Yellow was really only like two years ago, three years ago. And now she's in full transition to, to actress. I did see her in Hustlers. She was in the, the 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 Jennifer Lopez movie Hustlers. She plays a stripper, which is not much of a stretch because she famously was a stripper. Uh, and it's a movie about strippers drugging dudes, which she apparently did a little bit of that as well, which got her in trouble. I don't know how good she'll be. I mean, I think that that's one of those roles where she's going to have, you know, a little bit of a cameo, play somebody very similar to herself. Although they're hyping it up. Uh, and I'm seeing here in this article that she's like, Cardi B joins the cast in the same way that John Cena does. Although John Cena at this point is just a legit action star. He's just a legit guy who does stuff like that. I feel like, oh man, this is such a weird sentence to say. I feel like John Cena could act circles around Cardi B. <laughs> and Martin Scorsese was pissed at the Marvel movies. <laughs> Suck it, Marty. All right. No high thoughts this week because you guys didn't send them in. I guess it was a very productive week. But I would like to thank the folks who bring us our stories each and every day. Open Bayou had the Pando story. MacBook Pro had the Weinstein story. And Puck had Cardi B. I would also like to thank our producers that make this roundup possible. Dustin, Robert H., Brian C., M., Trey, the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle Age, Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. If you would like to reach the show, jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin R. Young. Join our Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but more importantly, please don't die!
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>